to Wild for Wildflowers, a podcast about wildflowers. I am your host, Kelsey, and I'm here today with your co-host. I'm Tanea. How are you doing today? Just speechy. How about you? I'm doing so great. It's dark and I just got off work. (laughs) I love it. Perfect. (laughs) It's beautiful. Um, today we have an incredible wildflower to talk about. I'm excited about this one. It's called narrow-leafed purple coneflower, or Echinacea angustifolia. I'm not going to forget to say the species this time, because I definitely just didn't say it. On this the last is one, one of my favorite flowers. It is? Yeah. So, the genus is Echinacea, and the species is Angustifolia. And I'll probably just call it Echinacea or Purple Coneflower, because it's easier than saying narrow-leafed purple coneflower. Yeah, Um, I like Echinacea, personally. Personally, that's my favorite flower. (laughs) Is it your number one favorite flower? No. But it's, it's like, top ten. It's a good one. Yeah, I know. I've been wanting to cover this one for a while. So I finally got to it. And I was like, it's still pretty much, it's like a later summer, fall bloomer. So it kind of works for the season. Even, it's not like still blooming now. But yeah. So this is another flower. I saw, sorry, side note. I saw more blue flax. Did you? Last week. Like so much of it. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. You should did you take any pictures? No. You should take some pictures and send them to me because I like flower pictures. Okay. That's super cool. I don't remember seeing blue flax that late before. Mid-October, yeah. That's crazy. crazy. That's awesome. Um, there's a whole bunch of sunflowers. Like there's just one patch like on the side of the road over by my house that's that's, like still all blooming. Like they most of them, actually, some of them started to die recently, but there's still so many blooming. It's pretty cool. Okay, so speaking of sunflowers, this is another flower that belongs to the sunflower family. So you can kind of tell because oh, it's got that yeah. composite flower. Yeah. So Asteraceae, we're doing it again, which means that I get to say my favorite word again today. Involucur. Because I looked it up and listened to it again, and then I wrote phonetically. But who Perfect. knows? That's probably not even. That's probably not the right way to say it. But I'm gonna talk more about that because we're gonna go through some of those diagrams in a little bit. But some other, some common names for echinacea are some other common names are Black Samson. Don't like Black that. Samson. <laughs> Kansas snake root. What? Nair- <laughs> Kansas snake root. That is so weird. That's a, such a weird name. <laughs> I love it. Narrow-leafed coneflower and narrow-leaved coneflower. They distinguish oh between leafed and leafed. Isn't that funny? Okay. Um, I was like, what? Tomato, tomato. I, like, I know. I'm like, what? <laughs> Purple coneflower. Then some people call it rutabecchia, which I hate because yeah, that's... Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Yeah, because that's a different flower, though. Rutabecchia is the the 
genus of Black Eyed Susan. So it's super confusing. It's the one that it looks a lot like a coneflower, but it has yellow. Yeah. Um, Ray flowers or the petal part. Anyway, but I I didn't know that. And then some people just call it Kansas. And then... Kansas? (laughs) Kansas. Kansas. Oh, there's Kansas. (laughs) It's not weird. Do they call it that in Kansas? Or is it even in Kansas? (laughs) <laughs> yeah it is actually wait what, yeah, was was the, like, what was the first one the kansas sna- what is it snake root <laughs> kansas snake root yes okay weird <laughs> the first first one was black samson i don't understand those names but okay i tried to look up the black samson one and i was like i couldn't figure out like where it comes from i was like that's weird sounds very racist actually i know (laughs) well i don't don't think it's actually racist but i think it's because it's like the middle part looks kind of like black anyway and then the last one is road zunhoid zunhoid is that German or something? What is that? It's Dutch, actually. Because uh-huh. I was like, that does not look like an, a word to me. And I was like, oh, it's not a word, like, in English. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, people call it that. Like, I was looking at, like, all these, like, gardening websites, and they call it Rod Zunhoid. Oh, I'm like, my I don't know God. how to say that. Come on, people. Yeah. It's Dutch. It's the Dutch word for coneflower. But I'm going to stick okay. to the language I'm fluent in. Um, somewhat fluent in. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm fluent in English, but I know I'm like I well, can speak I'm it. Still learning it. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely still learning it. Yep. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna have a Greek lesson real quick because this is echinacea comes from the root echinos, which means hedgehog in Greek. Because the metal looks like a hedgehog. Yeah. Isn't that the cutest thing ever? I love that. That's cute. I was like, hedgehog. So call it echinacea, people. Enough with these weird names. I know. Call it echinacea or hedgehog. Yeah. (laughs) Not Black Samson. Black Samson. For some reason, (laughs) that just reminds me of the that song. Oh, black Betty. Oh, black. Yeah, it does seem like. (laughs) Oh, black Betty. Oh shit! Why does it remind me? Which I don't know why, but that song still to this day always reminds me of the movie Blow. Oh yeah, there's like this one song that I now I can't remember what it is, but I think about it every. It's the song that plays at the very beginning of Anger Management. Oh yeah, when he they pull down his shorts. Yeah, that part. It's that song, and every time I hear it, I'm like Anger Management. And I don't, like, even know what the song's called or who it's by. I just, like, I'm like, yep, that's... <laughs> Which is funny. I don't know if many other people think of that. This... Okay, so it's called a hedgehog in Greek because this is referring to its spiky, large, brown, conical seed head. So that's the the, the spiky part. But yeah, it's the, the cone part. part of the yeah. flower. Yeah. But it's actually... It's where the seeds are. So, yeah, I think that most people... I think that's my favorite have... part of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's everybody. Well, not everybody's. I think that's like the cool, a really cool part of it. That's what makes it like unique and mm-hmm. and um, interesting. But yeah, so most people have probably heard the name echinacea before because it's used as a medicinal supplement. Mm-hmm. And you can also find it, a lot of times you can find it in teas, 
and like different remedies to help colds. Yep. But we're going to get into all that in a little bit. But I think some people might be surprised that we have a native echinacea right here in Montana. Can you believe that? I, for some reason, when I first started doing the research, I was like, I don't know for sure if the one that grows here is actually like the medicinal one. And it is. It's one of like three common varieties that um, they use for medicinal supplements. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And it actually, so it's native to the high plains of Central North America. So it belongs here. Um, And it only, but it only actually grows like most of the time you only see it in eastern parts of Montana. um, Because it's more plains over her. But yeah, other, there's many other varieties of coneflower that can be found all over the United States. And also in gardens, like you'll see echinacea in people's I don't think gardens I've all the time. Ever seen wild echinacea? Yeah, so I had never seen wild echinacea until I think. But yeah, there is. I saw quite a bit of echinacea that this summer. Um, but it's not like everywhere. Like I, you see, like the black eyed susan rooted becky a lot more. Yeah. But I did. There was one time that we went hiking, and I saw a, bu- a big bunch of patches. Oh, that's so cool! I have those flower. I'll have to find those pictures. Um, yeah, maybe, and then we'll post some of those ones on Instagram. But yeah, I didn't realize because I was like, "How come I've never seen it?" And I didn't realize that it's only in eastern eastern Montana, pretty much. Right. There's some places you can see it, but it's like really like around like Livingston and stuff. I bet there'd be some yeah. around there because it's like. Kind of dry in some of those areas. But yeah, okay. So let's talk about what the flower looks like. So the stem can be up to 30 inches tall and it's pretty much just like upright. Um, And they can be much shorter than that though, depending on like what elevation you're at and how much much moisture it gets. So like the drier, the smaller it'll be because it can't grow that much. But yeah, so it has like two to five stems that are just above the leaves. Um, and the leaves are alternate on the stem, linear lanceolate, so like lance-shaped and entire. Mm-hmm. So they don't have any jaggedy things. They're like just right. one line. Okay. And they can be up to 20 centimeters long. So the flower, um, I included a couple of diagrams that can post that show a really good picture of it because i've been trying to explain um these, but it's nice it's nice to have a picture to see what it looks like but i'll i'll go over like the flower the terminology of it and then we can like look at the picture really quick but the heads are solitary radiate which is just like that why it looks like a sunflower it's it's all around you know that's the composite flower Radiant is like all the petals going all the way around. Mm-hmm. The umbilic crews are ten to fifteen millimeters high. Ray flower, the ray flowers, which is the petal-like part. There's usually ten to twenty-one sterile, light purple, petal-like flowers. So those are the, so and they're also reflexed. So a lot of times, like they're bending back from that seed head, part. right? And then that's the seed head part is, are the disc flowers, and they are perfect, meaning that they have both male and female parts. 
And there's like more than a hundred of those that make up that seed head. There's bunches of them. And those can be like purplish. Um, but then the Corolla, so the Corolla is five to seven millimeters long. That's where these diagrams come in handy really well because you can see. So the first one, it's just, I, I was just saying that the ray flower's main purpose is to attract pollinators. So that's why it's colored. And it's right. like, hey, look at me. I'm exciting. And they're like, ooh, they come up. So then you can see like what the Corolla looks like and the disc flower itself. So there's all of the male and female parts. So it starts with the ovary and then the sepal. You can see where the sepal is like sticking out. Oh, yeah. Which, which I think is the red in the diagram at the top is like the red part that's sticking out. Okay. But then the next one has pictures. So it's just like a really good thing. You can see all of the parts. So like the anther yeah. and the filament are the two parts of the stamen as a whole. And then the pistil and then the stigma is where it just like splits in half at the top. Um, so that's all in the disc flower, that hard part that becomes right. like the seed head, which is, it's just crazy. There's like over a hundred of those individuals on one plant. Oh, um, that is crazy. That's all Yeah, so that's just like one inside. And then the next diagram just shows another guy. Oh, the brack. But this one shows the bracts yeah. that make up the involucru. So that's kind of cool. That's kind of why it looks like that, like, hedgehoggy, Yeah. Like, um, fur type thing. But yeah, they're really, it's a really cool flower. I just think all of these composite flowers are, like, they're really complicated and really pretty. Mm-hmm. So that's the flower. And then the seeds are Akeens that are tan to brown. And then they're – so what makes also like something that makes them a little different too is that all this plant is short, has short, stiff hairs that cover both the leaves and the stems. Okay. Um. So they're both like little sharp like – little stiff hairs. If it brushes against your skin, it kind of hurts. It's almost like sandpapery. Right. Um. It's almost like, you know, a sunflower is. If you think of a sunflower, you know, yeah. they're kind of like – they have those like stiff – It has stiff those hairs. Little, yeah. Yeah. And then this plant also has a very fragile taproot that extends into the soil four to six feet deep. So it's got, like, a pretty big taproot, but it breaks off really easily. Wait, so this one here, well, I'm just looking at pictures. But I found a picture, and it says echinacea comes from the Greek word meaning spiny or sea urchin. Oh, it does look like a sea urchin, too, along with a hedgehog. Interesting. Yeah. A sea urchin? Yeah. Well, I read that it actually translate to, translates to hedgehog. Well, it's all, it's all the same. Oh. No, it's not the hedgehog same. Hedgehog and but... urchin? No. <laughs> same difference. Tomato, tomato, hedgehog, urchin, whatever. <laughs> they're, both, they're both spiky. Yeah. Yeah, that does remind me of a sea urchin, actually. Okay, so then I have just one more thing about the seed. So the seedling development is slow in echinacea. So the flowers rarely, they rare, the plant, sorry, the plant rarely flowers before the third season of growth. Okay. So it grows for three seasons and then it will possibly bloom that third year. It usually takes at least three years. 
okay. for it to bloom, bloom the first time. And then, but then each bloom can last almost a month, which is awesome. So they're really long lasting flowers. And the peak bloom time for these guys is usually in July. And I think that's when I saw them. I'm pretty sure it was July. But obviously it depends on where you're at, what elevation and where yeah. the seasons are like. But yeah, I then I also read that these flowers don't always bloom again. So like they their oh. blooming is really so if you see one bloom one year, it might still be alive, but it might not bloom again that next year. It might right. take another year or two years. So it doesn't just like bloom every single year. So that's interesting. They're kinda like they're a little finicky, it seems like in the wild. That must okay, be I why I like them. I like finicky things. That's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> so their habitat where you can find them, they can be found in open dry prairies in eastern Montana, the Great Plains region of the U.S., as well as parts of Canada, Minnesota, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Te- Texas, Texas. Wyoming, Kansas, 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 Kansas snake root. We got Kansas, Kansas snack root, snack root. (laughs) Louisiana, South Dakota, North Dakota, New Mexico, Illinois, and Eastern Colorado. Interesting. Louisiana, isn't that weird? That's it. Must be in like dry parts of Louisiana. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's bizarre. I should look that. I should have looked into that. Whichever part, I don't know Louisiana, but whatever part is not where New Orleans is. Because New Orleans is really, like, wet. Well, that's what I was going to say. Isn't it, like, right on the... Coast, uh, I think. Coast? Yeah. Like, one part of it is right on the coast. And then the... But I don't know what the rest is like. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know. I've never been to Louisiana. Never mind. Okay. So, I'm going to talk about Echinacea in the Garden. Just really quick, because I didn't do, like, I didn't spend a lot of time on that. But um, this plant is highly cultivated, so we've definitely got, like, all different kinds that you can buy at, you know, buy seeds for, buy at a garden center. Yeah. Um, and they come in tons of different colors. Like, they have the coolest colors. I like I love. the orange ones. Like, the orangey yes. red ones are so pretty. There's orangey red. There's, like, that really bright, like orange that i like like the mm-hmm. sherbet orange there's like dark orange yeah there's so many different oranges and reds there's yellow there's all kinds of yellows there's pinks purples obviously because we have the native purple but there's lots of different purples and then there's also white those are the only colors i've seen but yeah we used to get so many different when i worked at the greenhouse like so many different beautiful i love them they're mm-hmm. so pretty i definitely want echinacea in my garden my futuristic garden yeah, they're Don't a beautiful. You have a I garden? Not well. I had a vegetable garden, but now it's all dead. But yeah, so echinacea likes a nice sunny spot, so it needs full sun for sure. But it's like a super awesome garden plant because it it grows in like clumps and it'll just keep getting bigger and bigger year after year. Um, but it's also a deer resistant plant. So if you have really. Deer- yeah, oh. that muncher stuff, they don't really like echinacea, which is cool. It's too spiky. Yeah, probably. I don't want that in my mouth. Now, let's talk about echinacea as medicine. Do you take echinacea as a supplement? Mm, No, I mean, if I have a cold, 
I'll usually yeah. drink like echinacea tea or whatever, or buy like the supplements that have like echinacea in them. But that's about yeah. it. I got echinacea, like the su- a supplement. Well, actually, I think like because of COVID, I was like, this should help ward <laughs> off COVID. And then I've just been taking it ever since, though. Like, I don't take it every day, but I just like take it yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. Anyway. It's it it smells weird and it kind of tastes weird too. Yeah, even in like the capsule. But yeah, so echinacea is primary primarily used to treat upper respiratory illnesses. So you're talking about like colds and flus, and that's basically what people like. So traditionally, echinacea was used by indigenous tribes to heal wounds and drank as tea as an immunostimulant. So to get your immune system going. So that's like literally what it's used for. Okay. And it was used to it was used to treat and heal infections and it was just kind of like a general cure all. Um and that's basically what I mean they kind of we kind of use it as today. So today echinacea is recommended by herbalists to help lessen the length of symptoms of the common cold and the flu such as like sore throat, coughs, fevers. Mm-hmm. Um and then I have, I'll include, like, my sources, but I have a few things that I just, I'm just going to read that I got from a couple of websites about um, echinacea as medicine. So, throughout history, people have used echinacea to treat scarlet fever, syphilis, malaria, blood poisoning, and diphtheria. That reminds me of Amazon Trail. You died of diphtheria. Although That's a lot of diseases. Yeah. Although this herb was popular during the 18th and 19th centuries. Its use began to decline in the United States after the introduction of antibiotics. So it was like, everybody Mm. really used it, and then it's like, oh, we have real medicine now. So it's fine. But then um, echinacea preparations became increasingly popular in Germany throughout the 20th century. So actually, most of the scientific research on echinacea has been conducted in Germany, which I thought was just interesting. Yeah. Um, so the, there's three um, species of echinacea that are commonly used for medicinal purposes. One of them is the one we're talking about, which is echinacea angustifolia. Um, then there's also echinacea pallida and echinacea purpurea. Purpurea, which is purple echinacea. They all look very pretty similar. They have mm-hmm. different variations, but they're kind of like the purpura one has way deeper purple i noticed okay the one that it's a little bit different colored so many echinacea preparations just like products that contain echinacea contain one two or even all three of these species so different products use different parts of the echinacea plant and that's why like the effectiveness of echinacea may differ from one product to the other so i was just like i thought this was interesting because it says it shows some information. It just made me think about, you know, like what I'm buying because I do take like vitamins and yep. herbs and supplements and stuff. <clears throat> yeah. But um, so you can find echinacea. It's available in extracts, tinctures, tablets, capsules, and ointments. And it's like all over. Yeah, there's lots of teas. It's available. Like a lot of times they put it with other immunity boosting herbs and vitamins. So like a lot of times you just find it like with other things for like you know like they always sell like elderberry and things like that right they're supposed to help with your right with um colds and your immune system but yeah so this is a quote it says a study performed 
when we post it. Okay, so a study performed by ConsumerLab.com, which is an independent company that tests the purity of health, wellness, and nutrition products, found that 11 brands of Echinacea purchased for testing. So they, they've they purchased 11 brands of like Echinacea products. Mm-hmm. Only four of them, of the 11 contained what was stated on their labels. Yeah. About 10% had no Echinacea at all. Half were mislabeled as a species in the product, so they weren't even the right one. Yeah. And then more than half of the standardized preparations did not contain the labeled amount of active ingredients. See, I think so they say, this is pretty common with, like, all supplements. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, my God. Like, some of them are so expensive. And mm-hmm. it's like, are you serious? You're not even – it's really sad because there, I guess there's, like, not – there's not enough regulation on that. But it's just, like, basically saying that, you know, use a trusted brand. Yeah. And, like, do your research, I guess, before you buy it. Because, like, yep. you don't need to spend $30 on something that doesn't that even doesn't have even anything have in it. in it. Or, like, anything, yeah. like, you know, or whatever. Yeah. What did they put in there? Like, it's yeah. so scary. Which I know there's so many things that are out there that are, like, that are mislabeled, whatever. Like, they say one thing. It's just about, like, marketing yeah. and all this stuff. But it's, like, wow, I can't believe that many just, like, didn't have the right amount of active ingredients. It's just, like, or, like, whatever they claimed. Right. But then I just found a couple more things that I found interesting about possible interactions. So if you, you shouldn't take echinacea if you're on immunosuppressants. And that's just like, so immunosuppressants is a group of medications that are used for two main purposes, treating cancer and suppressing the immune system following organ transplant so that the new organ is not rejected. Mm -hmm. So because echinacea can enhance immune function, People should not use echinacea with immunosuppressants because then which makes it will sense. counteract that. Yeah. Which I'm just like, that's, yeah, this, if there's anybody out there who's on an immunosuppressant, I'm sorry, but don't take echinacea. And then also I thought this was interesting about caffeine. So echinacea may increase the amount of time it takes for the body to break down caffeine and which in turn increases the amount of time caffeine stays in your body. Right. So... If, like, so many people drink lots and lots of caffeine, but if you're like, wow, that's weird, like, I feel like I'm really awake, it might be. Yeah. Interesting. I just got a few more flower facts about echinacea. So, the retail sales of echinacea in 1997 in the U.S. was $4 Hmm. I don't know why, um... I think that's interesting because I don't know what the retail sales <laughs> for Echinacea are today. So I have nothing to compare it to. But I was like, geez, that seems like a lot. That does seem like a lot In for like, like a 1990s, supplement. That's almost like 30 years ago too. Yeah. I wonder if it went, if the sales for Echinacea went up during COVID. Oh, dude, I, oh, that would be interesting to know. I wonder if they even, I bet there's like all kinds of studies that people are doing. Yeah. I wonder if they have information like that. That'd be interesting to know. Because I bet they did. But that's when I bought it. I was yeah. Like, this, seems, this seems like it might help. Yep. Um, okay. So the wild, this is also just like a little warning because I read that the wild species are and have been over harvested. Oh, no. So we talked about like outdoor ethics before, but just like. Don't go out there and start picking all of the freaking echinacea you see because 
it's not like a super abundant species and it has a lot of medicinal qualities but you can also cult there's so many cultivated varieties that you can buy that have and you can grow in your garden that have um the same exact medicinal properties so just like don't pick all of the echinacea leave it for to grow another day Especially because it takes so long to like. Well, yeah, and that's why when I like it's like finicky too. So yeah, when I read that, I was like, oh, that might also be why. Like when I saw them, I saw some clumps. It wasn't everywhere. Right. Like I, I've hard. You know, it's not all over the place. So it's kind of it's easily over harvested. I think. But yeah, so the last flower fact I have: this plant was nicknamed the thirst plant by pioneers because its roots produce a salty taste when consumed. Eating the purple coneflower's roots helps reduce a person's thirst when water was scarce. That's what they thought. Because it's salty, yeah. So if you're ever really thirsty, chew on a echinacea. Why is it called Kansas snake root? I don't fucking know, Tanea. <laughs> Actually, I did. <laughs> That's all you want. You're like, that's interesting. Why is it called? I want to know why it's called the Black Samson. I want to know both of those. That's interesting. Thank you for listening. Oh, wait. What do you think about this flower? You love it? You love it? You love it? I really like Echinacea. I don't like the common names for it, but I like Echinacea itself. I know. I always say Echinacea anyway. Like, I don't hardly yeah. ever call it even coneflower. Yeah. Which, coneflower is fine. It makes sense because it looks like a cone. Yeah. But... But yeah, I, I, I like the word echinacea too. Yeah, I think I was really excited when I saw it in the wild because I had never seen it before. But I do. Yeah, I, love the I would love to one. see it in the wild. Yeah, I love the I love all the different colors, but I also love the native one. It's really pretty. Mm-hmm. They're so cute. They make me happy. I like them a lot. Something about cone flowers that just make me happy. Yeah. Like I like black eyed Susans too. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, there's just something about them. It's the sunflower thing. It's like yeah. they just they look they make me happy. I can't find anything the about rays why. of happiness. Okay, well, thanks for listening. The common name black samson refers to its roots. Its roots? Are they black? I don't know. That's the only thing it oh. said. <laughs> I- one sentence. I thought that it was because, like, when the cone, like, when it's dead. Oh, my God. I didn't even really talk about that. But, like, after all the ray flowers fall off, you know, it, it just has, like, that seed head. And you can see it all by itself. Um, but sometimes it looks, like, black. Okay. Sorry. Black um, Samson or hedgehog coneflower. Oh, my God. See, that's cute. Hedgehog coneflower. That's cute. Okay, well, thanks for listening this week. Follow us on Instagram. If you like the podcast, share it with a friend. Subscribe. You can email us. Questions, suggestions, recommendations. at Wild4wildflowerspod at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram, wild4wildflowerspod. Yep. That's where I'll post pictures for each of the episodes that we release. Um, And don't forget to get outside and smell the wildflowers. Later, bitches.